I'm Euro. I'm Chris. And, and this, this is Fork Bomb. March 1st, 2017. In this episode, we're talking about Next Computers and Next Step. For anyone that does not know what Next and Next Step are, Next was a company that Steve Jobs created in the late late 80s, uh, launched in 1988. And the operating system that ran on it was called Next Step. And the reason that we're talking about it today, and the reason that I find it personally so fascinating, is while in the past we've talked about obscure operating systems or computing platforms that fell away into um, into obscurity and were eventually forgotten, millions and millions of people still use Next Step every day and don't realize it. That's because in the mid-90s, Apple bought Next, and along with it, their operating system, and along with it, Steve Jobs, and Next Step, Next Step became what we now call OS X, or the operating system formerly known as OS X, now once again called Mac OS. <laughs> this was uh, it was interesting learning about this. I knew about Next uh, Next Computers. Um, so apparently, and I don't know if this was just uh, he he called it that uh, to mean as the as a next iteration of computing or what. But I just felt like it was his next step in life uh, after Apple. Um, after he after he was uh, let go. I don't know if he was let go or if he was just put into a very minor position and he didn't like it. So then he left um, in 1985, um, after, shortly after the Macintosh was launched. Um, he uh, he started his own computer company. So I, I don't know if maybe Next allures to to that, you know, after Apple kind of thing. But uh, but uh, but yeah, um, learning about this made me appreciate next more uh, because i do use a mac um and uh and i saw a lot of similarities between uh mac os and next uh next didn't it it didn't look as pretty uh there was definitely a lot of polishing done between uh, next uh, rhapsody which was the interim version between uh next step and uh and mac os mac os x but um but yeah, I definitely see a lot of the similarities there. A lot of the things we take for granted uh, in in the Mac world and in the general, generally in the in the computing world um, altogether. So, and, and we, uh, as we're going to discuss, we have a lot to thank next next for. So, how do we actually try Next Step? Because it's not exactly an operating system that you can just throw on any commodity hardware and get the full experience from. Yes, you can install it in VirtualBox, but it doesn't really work very well. It turns out there is an emulator that emulates several models of the Next hardware and allows you to run the full Next Step at full speed like it was intended to be used. And the name of this Next emulator is called Previous. Get it? Yeah. Previous? Get it? Get, get it? Get it? <laughs> And that was that was very useful. It um, 
it allowed us to to see how the operating system actually performed and booted at um, its normal speeds. It, it it allowed us to do things like emulate the Magneto optical drive drives that came with the Next Cube. It um, it allowed us to set SCSI hard disk and SCSI CD-ROMs, and without purchasing actual Next hardware, which is prohibitively expensive today, and even if we did get it, the CD-ROM probably wouldn't work, and that by itself would cost anywhere from five hundred to a thousand dollars on eBay. Um, it allowed us to get the as close to the full experience as possible. So I'd like to talk a little bit more about the uh, the history and, and the the notable uses of Next Step, uh, uh, things like that, uh, <laughs> things that are still around because of Next Step. I, I think those things are good to point out. Uh, maybe uh, our our listeners will get a new, uh, a better appreciation for uh, some of this uh, retro hardware and and software. Um, there's a lot of things that were first seen on Next Step that. Uh, that we see all the time now, but uh, definitely first back then, and not just that, but the hardware too. The hardware in Next Computers was something; it was it was state of the art for the '80s. I mean, it was uh, it was amazing. Uh, of course, it came with an amazing price tag. But um, actually, Chris, I wanted to know a little bit more about the the hardware, and in specific, the Magneto Optical uh, Disk System. Um, I saw the the video where Steve Jobs is holding up the the disc, and he says, "And these are only going to be fifty bucks, right?" And I think they held something like two hundred megabytes of data, and everybody was awed by this. And and of course, two hundred megabytes. I know it, it doesn't mean anything for us today, but two hundred megabytes back in nineteen eighty eight, eighty nine, that was a big deal. Uh, so uh, I, I I don't I, I know that Canon was the one that uh, had released the technology, but I heard they're also, they were finicky and they could break easily. Um, I didn't study that much into the Magneto optical drives. Uh, by the way, you said an amazing price tag for the next computer. Uh, you meant amazing as in crazy, scary, expensive, like north of $13,000. Amazing. Yes, that kind of amazing. You could buy a car. Not... Uh, or. Not the deal is amazing. Come on down. <laughs> yeah. By twelve. Not not that kind. No. Um, it was uh, it, this was generally made for for um, for institutions and uh, higher education. So uh, you know the government could afford uh, so some of those uh, uh, some of those systems. Um, although they actually uh, they actually kind of failed as a hardware business and so they had to refocus as a software business to back up a little bit because you brought up the magneto optical drives um when next first launched they were trying to decide should we go with floppies should we go with cd-roms should we go with little winchester uh with small winchester drives and they settled on a type of media called a magneto optical drive and you won't see them in use today it's optical media but optical media that is that functions like a a regular hard drive or like a a regular floppy disk so it's not rewritable in the sense that a cd is, is rewritable where you write the entire thing and then you write the entire thing again later 
it's rewritable in that it is rewritable like a hard drive. And they looked like they looked kind of like a floppy disk with a CD-ROM stuck inside of it. Uh, it would take too much time to go into how they actually work. Mm-hmm. I'm not That's sure right. how reliable they were, but they were first seen on the next cube, and they quickly fell out, they quickly fell out of favor. Um, if previous is any indication, I don't think that the magneto optical disk were used in later versions of the hardware because in previous you can't use a magneto the magneto yeah. optical disk option with anything but the cube yeah i think scuzzy hard drives were used later uh especially on that uh, what is it the model that uh, looked like a pizza box <laughs> they they used to call it what the the slab um uh, but yes uh you're right um so so the way it, 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 the way they were marketed um Steve Jobs had seen an opportunity in the market to uh, uh, for higher education and institutions, so he they they built uh, this machine around uh, around that market. So it wasn't really meant for uh, for home consumers. Um, a lot of the stuff that are uh, you know the notable uses of Next Step, you can see that uh, why institutions were using it and whatnot, but. Uh, We'll discuss that a little bit later. Um, they uh, they did they did shift from the hardware business over to uh, just being software, and uh, in the in the beginning they had amazing hardware. Um, uh, they had the, the like you said the magneto optical uh, disk storage drives, um, SCSI hard drives, and uh, things like that. I think the the resolution on the on the the screen resolution was something like. Uh, north of uh, 1100 by I think 800 and uh, I don't know the exact pixel count but it was quite high and this is for the late 80s so um, the other I mean I mean you got to remember this is the late 80s people were still running 320 by 240 uh, 640 by 480 you know having this really high resolution for the 80s was uh, amazing Um, so uh, some they they did shift though from the hardware business. Uh, they I I read somewhere that uh, they only sold about fifty thousand units. So that that uh, maybe sounds like a lot for a small shop, but not for a shop like uh, like Next. So um, they uh, they did shift to the software to being a software company, and they actually had ported over parts of Next, which was the uh, uh, object oriented. Uh, part over to other systems like Windows NT, so that was uh, that was something else. Um, because of that OpenStep API um, that they developed uh, with Next and Next Step, uh, we actually still use that uh, kind of the basis of that API today in macOS and iOS, uh, watchOS. Um, they're they're still used by Apple. Uh, heavily modified, but the basis is there. Um, so I, I thought that was also uh, pretty neat. They have uh, some interesting things about Next. Uh, I'm going to start with one that's pretty interesting, but the other one uh, I think everybody's going to enjoy. And uh, one is that uh, so uh, the game games like Wolfenstein 3D, Doom, Doom 2, Quake, uh, other games that uh, that were made with the id tech software, uh, they're all made on Next hardware. So uh, that was uh, that's pretty amazing, and and everybody played Doom back then, 
and uh, everybody knew about Doom, but uh, I bet you not everybody knew that it was made on Next Hardware. So, uh, so that was one of the platforms that they used. Uh, and the other one that's very notable is that uh, apparently Tim Berners-Lee wrote the first web server and web browser. Uh, he ran the first web server, sorry about that, and, uh, and wrote the first uh, web browser on Next. So we have Next to thank for pretty much the World Wide Web, at least the beginnings of it. Definitely. And uh, to fill in a little bit of the technical background um, that I think was glossed over, what made Next, what made Next Step very notable, was its underpinnings. It is a Unix-based operating system, and they set out with the goal of making Unix usable for mere mortals. And that those are that's Steve Jobs's words in the initial launch of of Next Step, and so. A lot of what they built around it, um, they did with that intention. But what also made it uh, very noteworthy was how developer-friendly it was. They designed an entirely new way of developing that we hadn't seen before, or 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 if we had, at least not at um, not to that level. They created their own interface builder where development became as simple as just dragging in objects, scroll bars, text boxes, radio buttons, linking them together, uh, and then writing a bit of code in between an object to C uh, to go and fill in the rest of what the interface builder by itself couldn't do. And other developers could write objects that others could use and... The way that they, the way that they explained their their motivation for this was, the the code that fails the least amount of time is the code that developers never have to write, and this should sound familiar because this is how development on macOS, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS are all done today. It should it should it should sound familiar because that is the basis of Xcode which is what you now use in order to create software for the Mac and Apple's other products. Yeah, we definitely do have a lot uh, a lot to thank for, actually, for Next, uh, for all this technology that was brought up because of Next. Um, <laughs> using Next uh, on, on the previous emulator, uh, which I know is not as fun as actually having the real hardware, but hey, that's what we did. Um, I got to see some really neat things, and uh, one of the things that uh, just amazed me was that I can move the panels around, uh, with and all the contents would redraw as it was as it was moved. And uh, I'd only seen that in Windows NT, and you're thinking, okay, yeah, but Windows NT also came out back then, but this was first. So uh, I could just drag the window around; all the contents would move along with it. You could do it now uh, with uh, with Windows. Um, uh, Windows brought it, uh, Windows uh, NT had it, of course, Windows 2000, uh, Windows XP and forward, all do that, but uh, but next step, definitely it did it first. And, so and that they did was... it on such modest hardware. Yes, yes, such modest hardware. I mean, okay, it was it was pretty uh, pretty beefy for, for the 1980s, but by the 1990s, it was pretty modest. So, absolutely. Um, 
I think the next station was like 25, the next station color was like 25 megahertz, 32 megabytes of RAM. Yes. Um, PCs, or regular PCs, didn't really catch up to that um, until later. And uh, the, the CPU cycles, I understand, we did have 25 megahertz CPUs, but but just, uh, uh, I'm, I'm talking about the resolution and things like that, they, they caught up later. But even then, just 25 megahertz, and you're over here redrawing the the window uh, as you move the mouse and, and you drag that window across. That's amazing on 25 megahertz. You're redrawing Absolutely. windows of videos playing. Yes. And still redrawing yes. it. Amazing. Um, I, uh, I saw that when, you know, when you launch um, next step, another thing that was very notable. And this is the first thing you see is you see a dock and you're thinking, Oh, okay, well, uh, great. The Mac OS has a dock, yes, because of Next. So uh, the the dock was born in Next Step. Um, and one interesting thing about the dock in in uh, Next that I I can't figure it out on the Mac OS is uh, that the dock is draggable. <laughs> I can I can drag the dock uh, up and down and things like that. So it, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, that was another thing that uh, you know. As soon as you run it, you see the dock, and you're like, "Wow, the dock doesn't look anything like uh, like our docks, but it is a dock." And it has a funny way of handling menus as well. Um, so we're all used to either menus sitting at the top of Windows, or if you're on the Mac, menus sitting at the very top of the screen. But they decided, well, these screens are really really big. We don't want our users to keep having to go to the top of the screen because we could just have so many pixels. That would be just too much effort. So they made it to where the the menus were floating windows with a vertical listing of menus that would then have submenus come out next to them. And you can detach those submenus and move them around. And when you use it today, it, it seems weird and on. It's like, why do I have all these menus sitting in the way? But... Back then, it was it was definitely very interesting, and when when people when people first saw it, they seemed to be very receptive to it. At least judging by the uh, crowd at the next launch. But but then again, the Steve Jobs reality distortion field was back on in full effect there. <laughs> I like the way you put that there. <laughs> um. So, so another another interesting thing about the uh, object-oriented apps is that it later became Xcode. So uh, any developer out there that uses Xcode today has next step to thank for for that object-oriented uh, portion of of Mac OS. Um, thought that was uh, thought that was pretty neat too. Uh, about those menus, Chris, uh, that you had mentioned, uh, some of the things that that we have. Uh, now, um, as uh, I've seen services, so we have services, and uh, and so hide too. You can hide your uh, hide your windows and uh, you know your panels. <laughs> I'll call it that. But you can hide your panels and whatnot uh, today. And uh, that was another thing that Next Step brought around. Um, how about that uh, the uh, the beach ball? Oh yes, the spinning beach ball of death. Yep. Well, Next Step brought that too. Yep, I was I was very surprised to see that. Like I knew I would see some similarities, but it immediately felt familiar the first time I saw that when Next I booted up. Yeah, immediately you see it. Also, the way that applications are 
are distributed and and um, installed and are structured. For anyone that has dove into the um, what an application actually looks like on a Mac, you don't see it just from the normal Finder windows. But if you open it up in a term, if you browse around in a terminal, you'll see that every application ends with a dot app extension. And those programs, in air quotes, are actually folders with the executables and all of the libraries needed for the, those programs to run. And they're all self-contained, and you can put them anywhere on the drive, and they just work. Well, that started with Next Step. All of your applications are .app files. Well, actually not files, folders. Exactly the same. Uh, similarly, you will sometimes have programs that actually need an installer, and you'll see it, it's a .pkg file, and you, you double-click on it, and it says, okay, I'm going to install it, and next, 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 and then it's installed. That process came from Next Step as well, and it runs in exactly the same way. The only real difference is that it allows you to pick which architecture you're running on, because Next ran on multiple architectures, uh, whatever the, Next com the, the original Next computer ran on, um, Intel, and a couple of others. And they provided the ability to have applications that could be installed and ran on all of them, assuming they were all built. And it, and it, it would give you a choice. Which one do you want to install? You know, those, uh, those application containers, you can, you can actually also see it in the GUI. Uh, you can see the .app uh, file extension if you turn the file extension on, uh, but you can also right-click on any one of those files, uh, any one of those applications, uh, and you can say open um, to open the, the containers, open the contents of, and then you can see all the files uh, inside it. That's uh, on the Mac, right? On the Mac, on the Mac, yes. Mm -hmm. On Next Step, so, I couldn't find a right-click. I didn't see any yeah, contextual I, menus. Maybe I, I couldn't either. I missed it, but yeah, that. Um, but I, but I did figure out how to do menu shortcuts, and that's with the window key. Okay, the the Windows key on on your keyboard, or yes. Okay, which would I guess emulate uh, whatever that key was, something like Command, right? On... Yep. Got it. Um, well, uh, another really neat thing that I didn't know, but. Uh, uh, Next Step uses a lot of the same sound effects that Mac OS later used. Yes. So you know when you hit a key on the Mac and uh, what is it, like an error key or something, you know, you're, you're pressing the keyboard and you hear the doom, 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 doom. Next Step had it. And the Next exact ones. First. Yes, the exact one. And many of them. Absolutely, yeah. That was that was, that was was just awesome. Uh that was the most notable one for me because I immediately knew, but there were several other ones that are the exact same sound effects. Uh, the way that um, that you uh, you select fonts, the way that you select colors, exactly the same. Right. So so much of it carried over. Yep, yep. You could uh, they use some sort of font panel, and which is in use today, and it's just a standard font panel, and uh, and you could use it on on various applications. Uh, you know, we you do we do that today on the Mac. They they did it first on the, on on Next. Um, very innovative design, really. Also, the um, the default mail client that is used in, in Mac OS, it's the same mail client that came with Next Step, just 
polished and iterated on. I don't know if all the same code is still there, but at least some of it is. And that's definitely where it started. Is it, it was called mail.app back then. It's called mail.app, mail.app yes. now, nearly 20 years later. You know which other one they have is uh, Preview. So Preview was used uh, in Next Step as well. And they yes. have Preview in Mac OS. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many other things. Uh, the standard color wheel chooser. Uh, the, the, um, let's see. The, the process task killer. Uh, I didn't see that until ni- uh, Windows 95. Um, you know, so many, so many other things. But I, I thought some, some in- really interesting ones was uh, the web application frameworks. Uh, so they, they call that the web objects. Uh, you could actually generate dynamic web pages from Next, and uh, and they actually did that. Uh, that whole dynamic web pages wasn't really a thing back then. Uh, I mean, the web was just starting out, and they were already using. They already had code for dynamic web pages. Uh, that that just blows my mind. There were people were still building static web pages at that point. That is pretty neat, Euro. One thing I would like to point out before we go on to the next section was. Geez, it's hard to say next section. and <laughs> uh, um, So the upcoming section is, I found it very interesting how the original intention was for higher education. And uh, Steve Jobs was even saying, we're looking 10 years down the road. And he was showing um, just graphs of uh, relevancy for uh, varying platforms, MS-DOS, on the IBM PC, um, the, and the original Macintosh. And it was always projected for 10 years, it peaks, and then it just dies off. So they were targeting for higher education and 10 years of life. They never really made it in in higher education like they wanted to. Their hardware business failed, but their software is still living on 20 years later and counting. No one saw that coming. When they created it, they never expected that. I, I just find it really interesting and amazing that it that it worked out like that i mean that's i don't know yeah that just uh I, yeah i i call that vision <laughs> he's, vision can't see that far uh he's he's like the uh the nostradamus of computing <laughs> <laughs> i i wanted to uh to just uh briefly go over um three other things that are really notable uh of, of, of things that are still around because of the next step. One of them is the App Store. Uh, they had the first electronic software distribution catalog on Next, and that's what we call an App Store today. Uh, so they had that. Um, basic layout options for HTML. They were uh, they are they're all part of uh, the what they considered back then the Next text class. Um, so headers and things like that in HTML, all Next text. And uh, and the iTunes and uh, Apple website, their corporate site, they still use web objects to, oh, to power, which came from Next Step. So uh, I thought those things were were just wow, you know. Some other um, some other things for scene. It's a brief list. Uh, scroll bars that resize based on the amount of uh, window window contents. Yes. No one has seen that before. It was I mean, what a, what a novel idea. Mm-hmm. Um. We've already covered windows that display their contents when dragging, but those pretty large full-color icons that we're so used to today on Mac OS and later on Windows, next step was the first one to do it. Um, why don't you take the next view? Uh, well, I mean, 
There, there, there's some interesting ones that uh, like uh, built-in facts to the OS, uh, built-in dictionary um, and the Thoris on, on, on the OS. Um, just dragging, dropping large types of content, including pictures. System-wide uh, drag and drop. System-wide, system-wide, that's right, yeah. So, I mean, like, the example they showed was uh, take, uh, playing a video, dragging a still from the video into into mail.app and sending that still image off to someone else. Mind-blowing for back then. And system-wide cut, copy, and paste. And we, we, we take that for granted. Like, oh, I can just copy in this program and paste in this other program? Apparently, that was a luxury back then. Right. A clipboard. Mm-hmm. We had clipboards, but were they system-wide clipboards? Right. But still, and you covered it, but still, I, the the number one feature first seen still has to be built-in facts. Still are today. <laughs> what, what will we do without that? Oh, boy. I don't know. The world wouldn't be the same. It would be a dark world that I would not want to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. Between that and AOL. Mm-hmm. So, so Chris, uh, I, I mean, I used I used the OS, uh, but I think you used it more extensively because you had the opportunity to install uh, various apps and whatnot. How about you? Uh, you talk a little bit about uh, just how your experiences uh, with networking in the OS um, and and just just get apps in general. So I didn't have. A chance to play with it too terribly much, but I did. I did dive into the terminal a bit. I did learn how to install applications on it, and most importantly, I wanted to get it on the internet to see what I can do with it. So, next step was designed from the beginning to be an internet-enabled OS. It has a TCP stack built in. Most other operating systems, at the time, did not have that. And it, it, it had it built in because it was a flavor of BSD called MockBSD. And so it, since it probably used a good, trunk, good deal of open source components, it likely was able to borrow the BSD TCP stack. And it already had very familiar utilities right out of the box. Ping, Telnet, FTP, stuff like that. But... The challenge was actually getting applications on it. So once I realized that networking was working, I don't know if it was a with how previous does networking or if, if, if it's just because of how old the utilities were, but I actually couldn't get anything to FTP over. So I could connect to an FTP server, but whenever I would try to list files or download a file, it would give me an invalid port command. I even tried trivial FTP. That didn't work. So eventually, I realized, oh, I can just go and make a turn a folder into a a CD-ROM image, attach that as a SCSI drive, and then I was able to at least get applications onto it. So I tried OmniWeb, a uh, simple, very basic web browser, and was able to browse around on the web. Um, and a very rudimentary web of that, you had to type in HTTP colon slash slash in front of everything. You had, um, if you clicked on a file and expected it to to download, like, say, a, um, a zip file or something. Nope, it's just going to try to try to display it, just all the gibberish right there in the web window. And because it's a pretty slow system, it's just going to lock everything up. But 
it was neat to see how much I was familiar with to still be built in. I, I already mentioned FTP and TFTP. Um, it has support for the network file system or NFS, which is used in the uh, Unix and Linux uh, networking world. Uh, should point out that it didn't have a built-in web browser. That's why I had to install on it, and that's because while the internet was around, the web wasn't. Um, to be on a Unix system and not have utilities like SSH, SFTP, and SCP, that was jarring at first, but then I realized, oh yeah, they weren't invented yet. Right. But what's neat is there are still tons and tons of repositories out there um, that contain Next software that you can go and try and play with. And really, it, it, it's very Mac OS-like. The, the interface looks weird and gray and blocky. Uh, and the menus are all funny, but I don't know. It was it was like you you have a good friend. He's an he or she is an older friend, and you know them as they are now. And then you go back in time and you see them when they were much younger and how rough they were around the edges. And you find it interesting, but you would never want to hang out with them at that at that stage at that stage in their life for very long. <laughs> interesting analogy, but okay, yeah. Um, Chris, did you get a chance to play with the world's first web browser? No, no, I did not. Um, that that is shameful that I didn't. I actually didn't even look for it. I was, I was so obsessed with just getting something, anything onto it because I was just at such a dead end with the networking that OmniWeb was the first one that that I had had uh, landed on. That's that's too bad you didn't get to try the uh, for the world's first web browser. Uh, but it, it is quite neat, uh, and and there's. Uh, it's on YouTube, so you you can uh, look it up. But uh, uh, it's it's definitely not like the web browsers we have today. Uh, that's for sure. Um, well, so I mean, what do you think? I mean, we did the Amiga episode, and we're doing this next uh, step episode and next in general. Um, which which one would you say? Uh, you know, comparing the two, which one would you say really was uh, was uh, w- uh, ahead of its time more than the other? More ahead of its time, I would say the Amiga. More revolutionary, next, and and well, not next. So easy to get this mixed up. Next step, and I say that because we're still using it. Right, and and I agree. Um, I think I have more to thank for. Uh, I have next more to thank for. But the Amiga, at the time it came out, it, the Amiga came out even earlier than Next. And yes, it didn't start the internet, the World Wide Web or anything like that. So, uh, but just the technology behind the Amiga was uh, pretty impressive. And, and and compared to anything that was around, anything that was around back then, uh, the Amiga was just, it, it was almost like an alien brought it to us. Uh, Next was a, was a, and a, a next step in the right direction and that's that's uh-huh. that's for sure yeah yeah that's for sure and we'll we're still seeing the effects of next today uh so yeah i think i think i definitely have next more to thank for uh, if if the if i had to choose between the amiga and next i would choose next as far as uh as something that uh let's say if if you can only choose if one existed I would choose next. Absolutely, our world wouldn't be the same. Uh, although I, I still think back of the Amiga, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> but yeah, 
I do think that we may be coming to the, I don't know, the the end of the the usable life for Next Step's uh, legacy. I mean, if I personally haven't used OS X, now called Mac OS, why do they have to keep changing the names since mm-hmm. uh, Snow Leopard? But from what I've heard, it seems like it's just getting more and more problematic, more and more bloated. Um, they're starting to to retire older hardware sooner than they used to. I, I remember when a a G3 Mac could be 10 years old and you can still run the latest version of OS X on it. And now where yep. decommissioning systems from like 2009, 2010. Yes, yes. Uh, and especially when it comes to phones. I mean, it, it's amazing that what started as, as Next Step has been turned into... A, a an extremely viable mobile platform but and while apple definitely does keep support the longest for its mobile hardware it, it's not 10 years you can't expect to run a phone for 10 years so we're we're starting to see finally see cracks in the infrastructure it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here because in the late 90s apple threw everything out in favor of taking OpenStep and turning it into OSX. And in my opinion, I think we are nearing that time again. Uh, yeah, um, that's really interesting. And I and and uh, I, I think, and I've been thinking this for a while, but I, I'm actually, I'm thinking that Apple may even drop the x86 architecture and the x64 and, and do something else, some, some other... Some other crazy thing like, uh, well, embrace ARM, ARM, um, what, whatever powers their tablets, they may, they may go that route. I don't know, but uh, just, just getting rid of the architecture altogether, um, they may. It's not the first time they've done it. They went from the sixty-eight thousand to the PowerPC to the x86, and well, uh, you know, I think. Uh, ARM might be next. I don't know. Yeah, they're certainly no strangers to uh, jumping architectures. The thing that uh, the thing that does bother me, and, and you're absolutely right, they are dropping hardware support on things that I don't really understand why they would. Um, their their phones out there, um, the iPhone five included, doesn't support the what is it? I think iOS seven is the last iOS that it supports. But there's no reason why it, it shouldn't be able to support iOS eight. You know, and the same thing with the, with the Mac. The Mac Pro is a very capable system running on the same architecture, the x86, x64 architecture, and yet the they drop support. So, uh, so you can't install the latest OS. It just checks, and then it just says, oh, you can't install it. But uh, people have wa- uh, found ways to go around that and disable the check, and, and they're, they're able to install it. And, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's sad. But... Um, you know, I guess it's a business it's the way it is. But we digress. So that brings us, I believe, if you don't have any, anything else, to the end of this episode, episode five of Fork Bomb about Next Step. Um, do you have anything else to add, Euro? No, um, I, I, I don't. But, um, but uh, I would like uh, if if people um, if people want to write to us, what email can they find us at, Chris? Currently at forkbombpodcast at gmail.com. 
Okay, so forkbombpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you guys have any questions, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we also have a Facebook page, Fork Bomb Podcast. Um, we have a Twitter um, page as well, Fork Bomb um, Podcast as well. So, uh, yeah, you can uh, reach us in, in, in any of those platforms. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, I'd, be, I'd, be, um, I'd love to hear your comments and what you guys think. Yes, likewise. And also likewise. any suggestions. If you guys have any suggestions on, on what uh, what you guys want to what you guys would like for us to, to talk about, or even just other obscure systems you would like to have researched, or I don't know, give us something fun. The uh, best part about this process is um, diving into something we've never played with before and learning all about it, and then talking about it. Absolutely. Okay, Euro. Well, as usual, it's been fun. Um, yep. Agreed. <laughs> and this uh, brings us to the end of uh, episode 5 thank you very much everybody thank you so next and next step are a company that create shit can we start over the um I, I was looking at uh, people using it and uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely out there um, you had menus for uh, to be able to so 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 to go to a certain website you had to you had to open up a menu and and actually type out actually you might have to you might have to <laughs> remove that Chris I, I don't really know where I was going with this I, I had it in my head and I couldn't I don't, I don't know yeah uh, anyway it was, it was weird the web browser was interesting anyway yeah you can cut that part out <laughs> blooper